When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. A crossover for George. Bad pass deflected. Thompson gets the steal. Behind the back feeds Peyton. Back to Thompson. Thompson left alone. Says, okay, I'll shoot it. And hit it. Another three. That's a 20-point lead. Time on Utah. Clay Thompson, 26 points tonight. It's time for Warriors Wrap Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game. Warriors Wrap Up starts now. Well, let's keep this thing rolling here on 95.7 The Game, just like the Golden State Warriors. Five wins in a row. They're looking at seven of the last eight, six and one in the month of January. And for the first time since midway through December, they are a game above 500. After drubbing the Utah Jazz in a heavy-hearted return to Salt Lake City by a final score of 129-107. to Evan Giddings here with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. And this is an opportunity as the Warriors start to look like they're cooking with some hot grease. Okay, we got three games, pardon me, now two games left until the All-Star break. You get Utah get on Thursday, of course, on the fall side of a back-to-back Los Angeles Clippers on Wednesday. But the Golden State Warriors look like a brand new, dare I say, ball club because for the third time in four games, they beat an opponent by 20 or more points. They get it done this evening with eight different double-figure scores in a very eerily reminiscent strength-in-numbers-type performance. Stephen Curry with 26 of them, including a bunch of late threes to seal that. Klay Thompson, 25 points, including a closing lineup appearance, something that we have not seen much as of late from Clay. Andrew Wiggins continuing his solid stretch with 17 in the starting lineup. Jonathan Kaminga, a quiet but efficient and impactful 14 points. Draymond Green, despite playing pretty much the entirety of his minutes with four fouls, it seemed like, ends up with 12 points, has an impactful game on the defensive end against a very tall and lengthy Utah Jazz group. Trace Jackson Davis with 11 points in just nine minutes off the bench, providing an interior presence. Gary Payton II apparently can't miss a shot. Since he came back off injury, he literally has not missed a shot. Now I believe 7 of 7 from the floor has made both of his threes and has been pretty much everywhere as an energizer bunny that we all have come to love in GP2. And finally, Brandon Bajemski, even though he's the eighth man to round out the double-digit scoring here this evening with just 10. He might have been the spark plug in the first quarter of this basketball game for a Warriors team that came out with, look, the Utah Jazz at home are not necessarily an easy team to walk into Delta Center and walk away with a win with. They're 17-7 and this year at home, despite the record now falling two games below 500-26-28. The Warriors, meanwhile, advance and secure a stranglehold of the 10th seed as... <laughs> interestingly enough as that sounds, at 26-25. and 25. But they are a play-in team as of the weekend. They affirm that with a 
honestly, in terms of the Western Conference, and you start looking at tiebreakers and matchups down the line, also conference record starts to become more important for Golden State as we get into the thick of this stretch run now with 30 games left, uh, 31 games left to be exact. That is a big win. I mean, you have to go into Utah and at least grab one of these W's, and after beating Phoenix in nail-biting fashion and buzzer and game-winning fashion on Saturday, you now have a chance to go 3-1, and one, to go potentially 4-0, and oh, heading into the All-Star break, and of course now having won your last five games, taking four or five off that road trip, they have brought a lot of momentum and a very different looking and feeling type of basketball team that we will see on Wednesday at Chase or against the Los Angeles Clippers. So this was a game I think there's a lot that we can pull from. Also a couple of stories that I kind of caught my eye before the game that I had noted coming in, uh, both on the Jazz side, but particularly on the Warriors side revolving around Klay Thompson. Um, and of course, the kind of heavy hearts that the Warriors had walking into that building, had walking into, I'm sure, that, that airport at Salt Lake City and with the absence of Steve Kerr, him being back in Serbia, of course, at the, the, the service of one day on Milojevic, along with Mike Dunleavy Jr., Ron Adams, Zaza Pachulia, um, Chris DeMarco, along with Ron Adams, there was kind of a void on the bench. Now, there's been a void, unfortunately, for about a month now in Golden State because of Milojevic's passing, but there was a literal void in the bench, even more so because they were out back in Serbia paying their respects. That left Kenny Atkinson to be the interim head coach. By the way, for the first time in his career as the interim, he has been the head coach before, but tonight he said he was going to lean into his players, and in the beginning of the game, it really looked like it because Jonathan Kaminga picked up two quick fouls. Draymond Green picked up three quick fouls in the first quarter and then ended up playing with four fouls in the second half, and Actinson essentially put his trust in his players. He put his trust in Klay Thompson along with Steph Curry. The rotations looked interesting tonight. We saw TJD. We saw Moses Moody get out there this evening, and even though he didn't make a shot, he was also a plus. Lester Kenyonis was scrappy. Guy Santos hit a three at the end of the game. This was a complete performance by the Golden State Warriors against a team that I believed coming into tonight they should handle. Now, I think they were only one-and-a-half-point favorites at tip, but this is a Utah Jazz team that essentially pulled the plug on their season at the trade deadline. And juxtaposing the two directions of these franchises, I thought was very interesting to take a look at. I dove into it a bit on Warriors Live, but to me, with the way that the Warriors approached the trade deadline, essentially leaning in to what they had and what they believe is going to be the reason they dug themselves out of this hole that they have already above 500, but also can go further and deeper into the season as they begin to look more and more dangerous in a Western Conference that has quite a few top-heavy teams. But also the Utah Jazz, meanwhile, they were a team that, again, was 17-7 and at home. I believe their starting five that they had kind of found midway through the year was 13-7. and Markinen was a part of that. Chris Dunn was a part of that. Sexton, who I thought looked all right tonight, was a part of that. Um, but they ship off. Fontecchio, who's a starter. They ship off Abaji, who's a rotation player. They ship off Kelly Olynyk, who's a rotation player. And they say they're going to play for the future, even though they had a better record than the Golden State Warriors. So it's just very interesting to me to take the two teams that we saw tonight in the places that they were pre-deadline, not necessarily knowing at the time which way things were going to go, but the Warriors had belief in themselves to stay the course. Meanwhile, the Utah Jazz always had their eyes set on the future. They shipped a couple players off. I thought they looked totally different in their game over the weekend against the Suns. And now, 
after a win against the Suns, I do believe that the Warriors look like a very different basketball team as well. I said this on Saturday on Warriors Wrap-Up. I felt like the win against Phoenix was an affirmation of the trends in the right direction that we saw on that five-game roadie, and even going back before with a couple of one-point losses to Sacramento and Los Angeles. This game tonight is not, in the grand scheme of things, an affirmation of that, but it's a sign that they've continued to keep the ball rolling, that they've continued to play with consistency, that they're hitting 23s in a game, passing the ball, 31 assists in this game tonight, and also not being afraid to be weathered by a potential storm of strength that is the Utah Jazz interior defense. The Warriors got pl- got blocked. They got tossed seven times tonight and yet continue to, to attack the paint with the likes of Kaminga, TJD off the bench, Kevon Looney in the interior, even Steph Curry getting to the rim, and Klay Thompson unlocking a mid-range game that I felt like was always there. But, for whatever reason, had not become unlocked yet. Klay Thompson only had a couple of threes in this game. And you take a look at the shooting from distance, it might not impress you much three of seven. But from inside the three-point line, specifically from the mid-range, Klay Thompson was money. Eight of 12 from inside the three-point line from Klay Thompson this evening. 26 points. That was a game high. So, pardon me, actually flipped Curry and Thompson from earlier. Klay Thompson, a game high, 26 points just ahead of Steph as the Splash Brothers combined for 51 points. And they put away Utah in that second half, outscoring them 66-52. to They were plus 14 as a team, and they got it done really with also the bench acting in this game. Brandon Pajemski playing 25 minutes. Mentioned him as the spark plug, I felt like, in the first quarter. Lester Quinones getting 16 minutes. Though he didn't make a shot, I thought he was scrappy on defense. He's a little quick. He's able to stay in front of guys. He moves the ball. He's a connector. Moses Moody finally got into the game. was a plus 13 in nine minutes despite not making a shot because he was active on the glass with three offensive rebounds. Looking at Gary Payton the second in 15 minutes who does what he always does. And also Sharich off the bench. Kevon Looney giving you 11. TJD, they had an, an activity around them that really we've seen for a few games now and for, more importantly, an extended period of time now as this appears to be, and I don't want to jinx things yet, But this does look like a month of February, which the Warriors are going to post, as weird as this might sound, their first winning record since the month of October. You go on in November, 6-7. and You move to December. Or pardon me, I think it was 6-9 and in November, 6-7 and in December, and then a 5-7 and month in January. February appears to be a place in which they look like they have turned a corner in a big way, and I cannot wait to see as they head towards the All-Star break where this team goes. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. Do want to hear from you and your reaction to a 129-107 win against the Jazz. From the 510 on the Comcast Business Text Line, Clay needed this game. I'm with you. Uh, For the 534, Dubs are back from the bottom of the West to playoff mode. Well, not playoff mode yet. They are in play-in mode currently, but they are trending towards a potential top half of the play-in, which is, I think, where they want to be in giving themselves two opportunities to then make the playoffs, giving themselves a Miami Heat-like opportunity to make a deep run into the postseason. I think that's where people's minds are beginning to go because according to the 447, and I'm with you, the Warriors are back to form absolutely rolling right now. They won five in a row. They won eight of their last 11, and this is a team that has beaten three of their last four opponents by 20 or more points. By the way, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, always live in the free Odyssey app, Twitch and YouTube powered by First NorCal Credit Union. 
888-957-9570. Appreciate everyone chiming in on the YouTube and Twitch chat powered by First North Cal Credit Union. JP from the Yoon is going to be at the Clippers game. I think that's going to be a good one because I think it's two teams that right now you could see potentially meeting in the playoffs, whether it's the Warriors, of course, being from the bottom side of the bracket, but also how are they going to test a team like the Clippers who offer a different look than the size in the Jazz and from the 309, I see you. This is the Warriors team that scares the rest of the West. I think there are a lot of teams that are looking at Golden State right now and wondering just how dangerous are they? If Stephen Curry, because I know he ended up with 25 points tonight, and he got a lot of it in the fourth quarter. I think he had 15. But this was a game that largely Steph was kind of in facilitator mode. Like, he was in he was in point guard mode. I mean, he was being able to, to dish out the rock. You just take a look at the assist-to-turnover ratio for Steph in this game. Ten assists to just one turnover. And an unnecessary clutch time in this game. Feels like every other they're getting down the stretch with with opponents. Um, but a game like this in Utah, I thought was impressive. Also for the fact that they went into Salt Lake City and were able to pick up a double place that they did not win last year. Utah's not an easy place to play because of the elevation, but I think also because the type of opponent that the Utah Jazz is or are being very long, very tall, very young, liking to run. And one thing we also saw through the second quarter was the fact that the Warriors pretty much were getting up and down the floor. And we're getting up and down the floor. And I, I thought they didn't necessarily look tired, but anytime you're playing at elevation and anytime that you're seeing your opponent basically having a few days rest on you, because again, the Utah Jazz did not play, I believe, the last time they did play was on Friday against the Suns. So they had extra rest coming into this game. Meanwhile, the Warriors not only played on Saturday, but also are a team that has to come out onto the road and go to a place that's not easy to win, and they did so. So, you know, that's not the best victory of the season, not even close by any means, but that is a win that you want, and that is important because of who it's against, who is right now officially a game and a half behind you for the play-in tournament, and also, who's in your Western Conference? Because one thing I was taking a look at today, and, you know, we're, we're going to start to get the noise a little bit louder as far as the tiebreakers, but if a team in front of you is not in your division, it comes down to essentially head-to-head, which the Warriors now have the advantage which against Utah. They get one more opportunity on Thursday to prove that they're 2-0, but also Western Conference record. That's really outside of the division where you have to live. And unfortunately for the Golden State Warriors, they have not been a team that against the West so far this season has been all too impressive. With the win tonight, they're now 14-19, and but that's still looking up at L.A., Dallas, along with Sacramento, the three teams ahead of them right now for the play-in spot before the sixth seed in Phoenix. The Warriors are right now a half game out of ninth place behind the Los Angeles Lakers. That is very easily attainable after this weekend. Um or after this week, I should say, but Dallas and, and Sacramento got three and a half games up on them. So they're going to have to keep this ball rolling and continuing to play not just a week of good basketball, not just two weeks of, of good basketball, but I believe it's going to take a month of quality basketball for Golden State to legitimately try and acquire, I think, a very hard-to-get-at-this-point seven, maybe even six seed. But seven seed right now is where I have my eyes set and I want to know what you think after a 20-plus point victory on the road against Utah, their fifth in a row. All right, 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings, Warriors wrap-up right here on 95.7 Game. Let's go down to Tracy bring on Drew Down. Drew Down, my man, how are you doing? 
Hey, what's going on, Evan? Hey, great win for the Warriors. Uh, good game. Uh, first of all, I want to shout out uh, uh, Walker Kessler on, on the Jazz. He was changing shots at the rim. That guy was blocking almost everything, so uh, he's a hell of a player. So I know the Dubs kind of struggle with that. But uh, first half, uh, GP2, that man had a huge impact. He was 4-4, four four, big corner three, making shots at the rim, you know, playing his usual pesky defense. And then, uh, you know, Draymond was in, you know, in foul trouble a little early, but that buzzer beater he hit at the end of the half was huge. Mm-hmm. He had a, you know, normal great floor game, 12-9-8. So, shout out, Dre, able to, you know, able to uh, navigate the foul trouble and still have a great impact on the game. Uh, Wiggins was really, really good tonight. You know, 3-3 three three from the three-point line. His defense, he was a team high plus minus. Uh, great to see Wiggins, you know, playing great. He, he's he's super key to you know to this team, uh, you know, playing at playing to the level that they can play at. So shout out Wiggins and then uh, Clay Thompson. You know, he's had a lot of bad games. He's been criticized. You know, some of it rightfully so. He hasn't been playing well. But uh, tonight he was great, especially I feel like in that third quarter, he had a lot of big shots when the, when the Warriors' offense was kind of struggling. So yeah, shout out Clay Thompson for having a great game and uh, really making a big impact tonight. Uh, I thought J.K. and then Bajemski. You know, they had their moments where they, where they made an impact. But uh, overall, you know, they weren't spectacular. They, they did have seven turnovers between them. You know, you know, not, not going to crush them. But, um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they did all right tonight. But uh, I thought a big turning point was also when uh, Trey Jackson Davis got inserted into the in the third quarter. thought he made a huge impact. You know, I love Looney. You know, but he's just, you know, he's not a great threat on offense. Sometimes I feel like it's four on five. And uh, when Trey Jackson went in the game, you know, he, he's that loud threat, rebound. He also changed a lot of shots at the rim, so I'm glad to see Trey get some playing time. And when he got his minutes, he was super effective. And then uh, fourth quarter, Stephen Curry did what he did. You know, he was a closer. He was hitting them clutch three pointers and, and really put that game out of reach for the Dubs. So just a great win. You know, five in a row, first time above uh, 500 since November, I believe. So great win for the Dubs. Like, like we talked about, it's going to be a tough game against the Clippers. Clippers are a hell of a team. I know we had a couple of games where I think we blew 20. I, I want to say we blew two games with a 20-point lead against the Clippers, at least one. <laughs> yeah. So definitely know we can, we can play against them. But, uh, you know, it would be great great to see if we can, you know, match up with the Clippers and, and just kind of see where this team team can go. You know, great vibes right now. And, and let's see if this team can really make a run and really try to see if they can knock on the door. of. Uh, I don't know about the top six, maybe. Not going to put any any limitations on this team at playing for sure. But keep it rolling, man. Let's see where, the, see where this team can go. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Drew Down. Excellent call, my man. And, and I, I'm kind of with you. I, I know a lot of people might be thinking, all right, you know, sixth seed is exactly where you want to be. And I'm with you. You'd love to be in the sixth seed. You don't want to have to play a tournament, uh, a playing tournament. But, you know, and this is to me kind of the, the next step for the Warriors right now because quietly throughout this season, they've shown that they can beat teams like Utah, teams below 500. They're now 15 and 13 against teams uh, south of essentially the Mendoza line. But it's been the teams that have been playoff caliber up until recently, it appears, that the Warriors have struggled with. So you're right. For example, the game on December 2nd against the Clippers, that was the game in which I think L.A. didn't lead until literally Paul George hit the go-ahead three in the waning moments that snatched defeat from victory, essentially, for Golden State. It's been those kind of games that have given the Warriors trouble so far. So they're playing great basketball right now. They've won five. Even dating back to before the month started, they've won 7 of 8. They've won 8 of 11. 
And really, all of that has coincided with Draymond Green's return, Jonathan Kaming and Andrew Wiggins being able to coexist in the starting lineup. And of course, it also doesn't help that Steph Curry is shooting the hell out of the basketball and continues to do so. By the way, I saw a stat tonight about Steph that I want to get to you real fast because it was it kind of just puts into um, into words just how impressive he's been. So right, he had 25 points, most of which was in the fourth quarter at 15. But there's been 10 instances of a player making seven or more three-pointers in three consecutive games. So it's happened 10 times, right? Steph is responsible for five of them. And, of course, that goes back two games ago. Had 11 three-pointers. His last time out against Phoenix had nine three-pointers. And, of course, he managed to find his way into seven three-pointers tonight because of knocking down back-to-back right out of the uh, the timeout, which he came into the fourth quarter, and then ending up with seven. So even though Steph might have not had his best overall offensive performance this evening, he still almost just falls into seven threes. He falls into 25 points. So why I'm looking at the Los Angeles Clippers game is because that is an opponent that, number one, is, is second in the West. Like, they're 35-16. and 16. Clippers ain't no slouch. But... How are the Warriors, like they were against Phoenix, able to match up with teams that you're probably, if you're thinking about the postseason, you're thinking about how far the Warriors could get this year, how are you going to match up against them? Those will be the games, as much as I, I would love to sit here and talk about how impressive a road is, uh, road win is. Now, by the way, I think that's their fourth consecutive road win going back to the road trip. They took care of trouble against, um, of course, the, the four of the five opponents. That was their best five-game roadie since the 2018-19 season, I believe. As much as I'd love to sit here and talk about that, you know, kind of the next place this conversation goes is, all right, how is this roster right now that is performing at a very high level and looks like it's trending upwards even more, how are they going to perform against teams 500 and above where overall this season they've been 11-22? and 22? Which if you look at the remainder of the nine teams in front of them, that would be the worst record of any playoff or play-in team against teams above 500. So where the Warriors have been able to stay afloat, and right now where they've gotten to above 500, is by beating the bottom feeders. And that's ultimately essential. You have to do that in order to have a quality record to keep yourself in contention. But now how are the Warriors able to match up against the likes of the Clippers? Against after the All-Star break, you, t- you start taking a look at the schedule. You got the Clippers, of course, on Wednesday, and then after the All-Star break. The Lakers, right out of it. You got Denver that next Sunday. Then you head on the road trip out to the East Coast. You take on New York. You take on Boston. Fall with Milwaukee. Like, there's a lot of good teams. And again, we're getting ahead of ourselves into the month of March. But that's where this thing starts to go if you're talking about the Warriors and why they have staying power. To me, it's because they're getting contributions from 1 through 15, whether it's someone that's in the game, whether it's someone that's been out of the game, off the bench, contributing with their energy, guys that get into the game, the two-way players of Quinones and Santos, whether they're in the game, whether they're out the game. I think that's what emblematic of where the Warriors are as a roster right now, which is, of course, Steph shooting the hell out of the basketball. He's averaging over 30 points a game on nearly 50% shooting from three-point range his last 12. Klay Thompson appears to be settling into a new role, whether it's closing, whether it's not, and not allowing that to impact his emotions and helping the Warriors, I think, win. Draymond Green's presence on the defensive side cannot be overstated. And the fact that he has been able to play with composure, at least so far, he's only got one tech since he came back, but playing with composure, that's the one thing that's held him back this season. Then you go around, Pajemski's 
been able to infuse himself as a rookie with this team. Kaminga's emerging as a third-year player. Wiggins quietly appears to be stabilizing as a two-way guy that's able to pick up a number one option, but also give you something on the offensive end. There's a lot of contributions right now that are trending in the right direction for the Warriors, and that's why I am very excited to see how they match up with a team like the Clippers, with teams that are above 500 in the future, and as they head into the All-Star break and also get kind of a mini-rest baked in, after three games and four nights, they can settle down a little bit, regroup, reset, and then prepare for that stretch run in their final 29 games of the season. That is going to be absolute must-watch television as we are all locked in right now on the Golden State Warriors. All right, Evan Giddings with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. 888-957-9570 is the number. Comcast Business Text Line is also the number. Um, let's get out to Mark in Milbray. Mark in Milbray. What's up, man? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. How are you? Yeah, I really love uh, – oh, this is great basketball to really watch for the Warriors. Uh, like old times, just really like the mentality they're playing in right now, especially defensively. This is the best stretch of basketball they've had in a long while. Uh, the way they've locked in and really home road, really just clamping down when they need to to put uh, these teams away has really impressed me. And as you mentioned, I really love just the balance attack right now with the way they're playing. Obviously, Curry still playing like a superstar, but we know Kaminga has really shined. Clay even starting to find his life. And then you got the Pademski, who's, who's even a rookie. He's, he's really played ball. GP2. You know how critical he is to this team. Having him back just adds another element. TJD. So it seems like a, a complete, just a confidence starters bench you guys are really playing with. And this is what we didn't see for a large stretch of the season. And really putting teams away. That was the biggest problem for the Warriors. How many, how many games have they blown this season? They wouldn't even need to be a playing team right now. Hmm. They probably had at least seven to eight wins. If they would have just taken care of business, double-digit leads, huge leads in the fourth quarter, games they didn't put away because they messed around and, and it ended up biting them in the back. So luckily, they've honed in right now. And I know they're really battling right now. It's, it's critical. They're going to need every win they need because you look at the bottom of the West, I mean, two very good teams are going to be left out of the playoffs. If you're the Warriors, you want to be that team. So you got another tough opponent coming in. Clippers are playing incredible basketball. They always give the Warriors trouble. So that's another huge test on uh, tomorrow night or I think what on Wednesday night, actually. Yeah. And then you got Utah again. If they can finish strong these next two games, I really like where they are sitting pretty. The final, final what, third of the season, are, are they, they're going to lock in, hone in. And Steve Kerr is going to have them focused. You No room for error. You really got to play in lights out the rest of the 20, what, 27 games left in the season. So, I hope they keep this mentality going forward because this is fun to watch. This is like the old Warriors, and I know it was, it was later than we expected to be this season, but at least finally, hopefully, they found themselves their their identity, and this is what we're going to see going forward. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. No, I, I think you're spot on, man. Mm-hmm. Great, great call. Appreciate you always chiming in. I, I think, look, with, with 31 games left and before the five game road trip, it, it wasn't. I don't want to say it was danger time, but. They were running out of time. Like, they were trying to figure out, and it's not just because you want to move people to deadline or not. Uh, and thank you for the uh, the comment from the Comcast Business Text Line. We're not getting contributions from 1 through 15. That's why they shipped off Corey Joseph. Okay, fine. They were getting contributions 1 through 13. How about that? So, with regards to, you know, looking ahead, the Warriors really, 
this was the time. Their backs were up against the wall. People were starting to wonder where this season was going to go. If it was going to head back towards a place where they're just hovering two or three games below 500, which is where like they have spent the majority of the season at or below 500. As much as they had a nice start at the beginning of the year, started off 5-1, and 6-2. and two. They had a five-game win streak, which they match, of course, tonight on uh, the month of December. You know, this was a team that was kind of hovering. And now it looks like they're about to turn the bend. Like, they're looking for that left turn on the racetrack, and they're coming in with full speed, especially into the All-Star break, and that might be a skidding halt. But that's just a blip on the radar if this team actually does have staying power. And with the way that they're playing, it appears that they're getting steady and you can even say kind of foreseeable contributions, right? You can see Steph maintaining this level of play, and it's not as if each and every night he's going for 40. He doesn't have to put the team on his back each and every night because you might get a contribution from Clay Thompson like this evening, Andrew Wiggins, who's been steady, the energy from the young players, and they had eight different players in double digits this evening combined with also playing defense. Now, I know the Jazz aren't the most offensively driven unit in the world, but holding any NBA team in a season in which teams, I believe the the scoring average is around 116, holding them to nearly 10 points below that is impressive. So I think the Warriors, and, and they've also showed that they could do it and hold you know the, a Phoenix Suns team, which have been playing the second-best basketball over the last month of any team in the NBA, they held them to 112 and got a win in regulation. So I thought it was um, extremely impressive. Again, 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. And also to kind of look, take a look at Clay Thompson, because I haven't necessarily come down his road, but I've certainly been critical of uh, his attitude along with some of his you know kind of shot-seeking performances I thought he found something tonight, and it kind of piggybacks off of, if you haven't checked it out, there's a, a really good article in the ring written by Logan Murdoch about you know, where the Warriors are at. They don't think they're done yet, and they got a lot to give. But he hones in on Clay Thompson specifically. And the quote about Clay, or the quote from Clay, I should say, is talking about how Clay Thompson, beyond this season, and I think really through this year, he's starting to learn that that's his future in the immediate, is taking a reduced role or changed role if he wants to stay in Golden State. And that doesn't mean that every night he's not going to close. Like tonight, he was on the floor for the majority of the minutes because he's playing well. But on other nights, like he has three of the last six games, he might not be in the closing unit. So how does that affect him? And this was his response. There's nothing wrong with that. Quote, I'll be 35 next year, coming off an ACL and Achilles tear, and still have the ability to be a really good player. Maybe not the guy who scored 60 and three quarters, but still a great threat out there. I've modeled my game after Reggie Miller and Ray Allen. And those guys were incredibly effective until their late 30s. So I plan on kind of following that mold. Well, right now, Clay Thompson is 34 years old. That was Reggie Miller's last All-Star season. I don't think that that's going to be Clay Thompson's immediate future. He's not in the All-Star game. I don't think he's going to make an All-Star game again. But Reggie Miller was a player that at age 35 and beyond was taking about 12 shots a game, was taking four to five threes a game. Now, he started, and he still played significant minutes up until age 37, in which he dropped back down to about 28 or 29. But that was a Reggie Miller that found his ability to operate in the mid-range, to spread the floor, but not necessarily force all the time, to understand that he wasn't the head of the snake, though he might be a captain or a leader of those Pacers teams, a team he played for for, for nearly 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, Clay Thompson is a guy that I think can evolve and still help this Warriors team on a given night. 
Now, how that manifests itself in the postseason, obviously didn't have a great Lakers series, Game 6 and all the rest to finish off last year, but that's for down the line. I think that if Clay is open to a player and to younger guys coming in and helping this team winning and him more fitting in as opposed to the Warriors fitting to him, then this is a guy that absolutely has a future helping this basketball team in the immediate and can also be a guy that might be able to stick around a little bit later in his career because I think he wants that. More importantly, I think Curry wants that. And Draymond Green's already going to be here under contract for the next three seasons. So, you know, I guess Steve Kerr would probably be the, the biggest question mark right now, and he wasn't with the team tonight, but that's all for down the line. Uh, let's get back to your calls at 888-957-9570. Let's get out to Ryan, or pardon me, uh, Steel Toe. Steel Toe is hanging on. Sorry about that, Steel Toe. Steel Toe, my man, how are you? Very good. Uh, thank you, Evan. Yeah, I uh, was uh, real happy with the, the win today, and um, I kind of noticed something uh with the starting lineup, um, I don't know if Steve Kerr noticed it or if, if he'd be open to changing that starting lineup. Um, Draymond Green is really important to the team now that we realize what's going on. And um, with, with Draymond, you could see how Wiggins and Kaminga now seems to work together. Um, I, I just don't feel like... Uh, Draymond should be center because, as we saw today, he gets in foul trouble when he's the center. And I'm wondering if Steve Kerr would be willing to put Trace Jackson Davis as the center so Draymond won't be in foul trouble. I mean, it, it seems like uh, for, for, for this uh, you know, uh, winning streak to continue and for the team to get the, in the rhythm, Draymond has to kind of stay on the floor majority of the time. And yeah. With him being in foul trouble, I, I think that's going to disrupt things. So I don't know. Like that's why I'm really glad you read that article about Clay Thompson. I, I was thinking of either Clay or Wiggins got to sit on the bench so Trace Jackson Davis could be the center, mm. Draymond at the four again, and put Kaminga at the three. And I still feel that Kaminga could still be attacking the paint, even with with a, that big lineup with Trace Jackson Davis be being on the opposite side and Draymond always being at the top of the key, not clogging up the lane, that they try to uh, protect from uh, Draymond for getting foul trouble. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Thanks, still, Till. Uh, that, that's something I want to dig into deeper on the other side of the commercial break. But I, I think the new starting lineup is something that's been really interesting to track because right now the combination of the guys, and I think I would say the top six because Pods has had to slot in for Clay when he's been out for a couple of games. So I'll say that six of Curry, Clay, Pods, because they've kind of been interchangeable at the two, along with Wiggins, Kaminga, and Draymond at the five. They're six and two. And I think it's something that right now you don't mess with if it ain't broke. And so far, it looks like it's going to have some staying power. So I want to get into that a little bit on the other side. I do have some thoughts on that. Uh, Also a reminder that our hardest worker of the game was, in fact, Brandon Pachemski, because I thought that he sparked the first quarter in that basketball game and looked like a player that was playing with his his frizzy hair on fire. Um, He gave them life in the first quarter, hit a couple of transition threes, which has been rare for him that looked really good, also had a steal, and of course drew a charge. Now 24 charges in the NBA. I think Jalen Brunson ended up getting one during the Knicks game, so Pajemski is still second in the NBA, but the fact that this rookie has come in and provided that type of impact, whether it's drawing offensive fouls, moving the ball up court, getting down on the hardwood. He has been the hardest worker for the Golden State Warriors over an extended period of time. It was so again tonight. By the way, the hardest worker of the game, 
is brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. I see you, Ryan, in Oakland. We'll take your call on the other side. 888-957-9570 is the number. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. Also going to hear from the 1-0 interim head coach on the other side, Kenny. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Actinson. When we return, my name is Evan Giddings, and we're back after this on 95.7 The Game. Marketed, checked by Curry. Marketed will shoot right over the top of it. It's blocked and short. I think Wiggins got it. Draymond from half court lets it fly. It's good! We'll see if it counts, but Draymond drilled it. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Great call, as always, from the voice of the Golden State Warriors, Tim Roy. Draymond Green with a half-court buzzer beater, sticking his tongue out of the Utah Jazz crowd, was energetic, jumping into Steph Curry, and is just playing with a fire right now that is the perfect balance for one Draymond Green, who, of course, has been known to go a little bit over the edge at times. But right now, he is in a perfect place, and the Golden State Warriors are in a great spot as they win their fifth game in a row, go a game above 500 as they beat the Utah Jazz tonight by... 22 points, 129 to 107. That was our extending of the three-point line highlight of the game, brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenhealth.com. All right, Evan Gettings with you on Warriors Wrap-Up. The number is 888-957-9570. Taking calls about the game itself. We're taking calls about where the Warriors are in their season, and we're taking calls about where the Warriors right now have positioned themselves as the 10th seed with about three and a half games behind the seventh seed in the West, that is the Sacramento Kings. Before we hear from Kenny Atkinson, also have some interesting sound from Draymond Green that I want to get to in just a moment. Let's get out to Oakland and bring on Ryan. Ryan, my man, how are you? And you're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's up, Evan? How you doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Good, good, man. The game was just amazing tonight. I think uh, Kenny Atkinson did a great job with the rotations, like, I think we were in pretty good control the whole entire game, and every time Utah had that run, he called timeouts in perfect times. Like, he just did a great job overall. 
He ended the game with a strong lineup. I feel like Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, TJD was, like, perfect for closing time. And then uh, overall, I think uh, with Clay, uh, I think with Clay Thompson, I feel like he missed a lot with those injuries that he had. Uh, missed a lot of games, which I think it also played a part mm-hmm. in how he feels, how he feels about, like, or it, it all just being very hard for him to like accept the fact that he's getting older and whatnot because he missed so much with those injuries and he still feels like he has a lot to present, which he actually does. And with the mindset that he has and with the way he's been acting, his attitude and everything, I think it's uh, it's going to be a promising future for him as well. But uh, overall, my main my main call was for Kenny Atkinson just doing a great job tonight, and I think the rotations, timeouts, everything, coaching wise, was on point. Thanks, Ryan. No, I'm with you, man. It, you know, it's almost like uh, Kenny Atkinson's been a head coach in the NBA before. It's almost like he he knows this team and might be an integral part of what the Warriors have been doing as of late. Um, and I don't mean that facetiously at all, Ryan. I'm saying that seriously. Like Kenny Atkinson has been the head coach of a basketball team that's made the playoffs before. He's been head coach in the league for four seasons in Brooklyn. And who knows, might have aspirations to be a head coach in the future in this league. I know he got interviews this past offseason, got interviews, I think, the offseason before coming off the championship after his first season. Um, so Kenny Atkinson knows what he's doing, and, and I'm with you. I thought he had a good feel for the game, and I, I thought he was you know, a, a nice piece of, of why the Warriors were able to walk away with, with a 20-point victory. Speaking of Kenny Atkinson, he spoke after the game, of course, filling in for Steve Kerr, who's right now in Serbia uh, at the service of a former assistant coach, Dejan Milojevic. Uh, but here's what Kenny Atkinson had to say about the Warriors' 22-point victory. Clay made like eight twos tonight. You know, he was kind of scoring from various ways. What did you like about kind of how he played and how he scored? Just really good composure. I think, um, you know, took his time, wasn't rushed. Um, we obviously have guys that screen for him and find find him, whether it's in transition or in the half court. But he uh, really used his size to, you know, get, get in the lane and shoot over their, their smaller guards. We ask Steve this a lot, but what, uh, what do you think about how Clay sort of uh, balancing maybe the wear and tear on his leg or the, or the, the, the minutes he has on his, on his legs and sort of uh, finding his spots better? Yeah, I think we um, I think we try to help him as 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 a you know our performance staff um, us realizing what what type of minutes he plays you know, where we are in the schedule. I think uh, I think we we do that with all of our guys, but um, you know definitely it's, it's a topic of discussion. Um, but he had his legs tonight. I mean, he was phenomenal on both ends. I thought um, his physicality and, and uh, shot challenges, and, and uh, you know, he he took marketing at the end. He said, "I want marketing," and uh, did a really good job on him. So that you know, great offensive game. But I thought it was one of his better defensive games of the year. What do you like about your team defense tonight? Four seventeen turnovers. We're so physicality. You know, um, I thought we made it really tough on marketing to get to his spots when he did get it we crowded him we didn't give him any airspace um, when he drove it you know we, we, we showed our hands and, and didn't put him on the line 
um, but our ball pressure and physicality was, um, was was really good. Back over 500 tonight, I think the first time since November. How does, how does that feel? Feels good. You know, you, you know how it is in this league. You feel like you're, uh, you know, you're in, in the abyss. You're, you're just like, holy, this league's so hard. There's so many good teams. Um, you know, I know our, our schedule's been tough, you know, and, and uh, um, you know, I, th- I think in the second half of the season, it, you know, it eases up a little. There's no guarantees, but we're, we're, we're in a good space, and um, we're in a good space 1 through 17. Like, you kind of have no problem throwing in Trace or, or you know, if J.K.'s not doing great, you got, you got, you got Gary, um, and, and, you know, Steve has said it all year, we're, we're a deep team. Um, we're healthier, and, uh, you know, we kind of feel comfortable throwing Lester, you know, Gee, you know, all those guys. It's, it's a real credit, um, you know, to our, to our depth. And that was Kenny Atkinson after the 10, or pardon me, the 129 to 107 victory in Utah. Kenny Atkinson, of course, filling in as the interim head coach for Steve Kerr, who, along with members of the Warriors organization, uh, General Manager Mike Dunleavy Jr., Rick Celebrini, Chris DeMarco, along with uh, Ron Adams, were out in Serbia for the service of, of course, their brother uh, Dejan Milojevic, and and that to me is. You know, Actinson is was speaking about you know, Clay Thompson, and of course he's won tonight. He's got a step to the podium, and uh, you can hear he's also been there before plenty of times. He's he's a pro, but you know, one thing listening to him and really watching the Warriors play over the last now eleven games, but specifically the last five and and even the last you know seven games, which they've won six of. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Like tonight could not have been an easy evening. For the Golden State Warriors, and I think Clay Thompson even said as much. I heard after the game, getting into the same airport, the same hotel, going through the same steps that they did back in the middle of January, where they and the majority of the team and coaching staff witnessed the the death of of their brother and Dejan Milojevic suffering a heart attack at a private dinner. That was something that they were forced to relive tonight in Utah, and for them to play with the energy, the togetherness, the chemistry, uh, the love that from everything that I've read and witnessed having covering this team for the past couple of years that Milojevic stood for and that he embodied, but also something that Actonson said after the game that caught my ear that also Decky embodied, and that was physicality as a player. He was a tough player. He was a tough coach. He brought the best out of players being able to balance the energy you know, the the youthful exuberance, but also with a mentality that you got to play with physicality. And I thought the Warriors balanced both of those things tonight. They played with a strength in numbers. And strength can be something that's physical, can also be something that's emotional. And I think for them to be able to walk into a building they were supposed to uh, about a month ago with a member on their coaching staff that is no longer there and, and has tragically passed away since, I thought was also extremely impressive. So I do want to tip my cap to every single person on the Warriors staff and the organization. Um, that was, a, of course, a part about um, being at Milojevic's service out in Serbia, but also the guys that had to do their jobs, that had to be professionals. And Kavan Looney mentioned that in an ESPN article written by Kendra Andrews, just being intentional, he said, about having time together. And this is from Kavan Looney. To remember what Decky taught us and keeping his name and legacy alive. That, to me was apparent this evening and has been apparent uh, since his unfortunate passing. 
They've won eight of their 11 games. And it's not just about the wins and the losses, but it's about how they've looked, about they've ha- how they've played together, about how they look have looked connected, and about how not a single person on the roster has appeared to play or act with more of an importance than the other. They're all in this together. And I think that an unfortunate and, and tragic circumstance has, has brought them even closer together. And it cannot be easy, and tonight was certainly not. But for them to go in and do what they did in Utah, um, hopefully help them. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Exercise some demons that didn't need to, need to be there in the first place and hopefully can continue to galvanize this group in a way that goes beyond the game of basketball. So I tip my cap to the Warriors from that standpoint. Um, also, Atkinson, of course, had something to say about Clay Thompson, but also touched on, on Draymond Green. And I believe we have an interesting soundbite from after the game in Utah uh, that our main man Chris was kind enough to cut up for. So I want to hear this because I think this was also really interesting. And here's what Draymond Green had to say, not just about the game tonight, but about what happened while he was gone and how that's affected the team. Honestly, I think me getting suspended helped in a weird way because, number one, since I got JK, is taken off. You know, and that has kind of set the stage for this team. Bonafide number two option on our team. And so now you got different things. You're able to figure out different things that we can go to. Our offense don't look the exact same like it used to look. Uh, we got different things that we're going to. You're able to find different combinations that worked. And then 
it's just been kind of plug and play since then, you know, figuring the pieces out. So not that I wanted to get suspended uh, or, or that was good or anything like that, but I do think it kind of helped us find different things that we can go to and explore. And now you add me back into the fray, you add GP back from his injury, CP will be coming back, and now you got those pieces coming back that, you know, you know you can rely on, but, you know, it's, it's not just us. It's everybody who's stepping Lester. Gee, you know, as everybody who's going out there is playing good basketball, so I think that's good for us. <laughs> that is a classic Draymond Green quote. And 888-957-9570, by the way, is the number if you want to react to that. Also, the Comcast Business text line is open. Uh, the YouTube and Twitch chat, which I always enjoy uh, connecting with and, and chatting with, conversing with, uh, powered by First NorCal Credit Union. But Draymond Green essentially saying, you know what? I think the suspension could have been a good thing. Like, that is the most Draymond Green type of approach that I've heard because on one hand, on one side of his mouth, uh, obviously, no, it was not a good thing, which he kind of mentioned towards the end, like, oh, but well, you know, I didn't really mean it like that. But as far as the lessons that he learned, I'm sure were beneficial for him. Uh, the damage that it did to the team was probably not very good, uh, nor the damage to, let's say, I don't know, Rudy Gobert or Yusuf Nurkic or who else, although I think the blow uh, in a non-intended pun fashion was softened on Yusuf Nurkic after his ridiculous comments after the Saturday affair. But that's Draymond. So on one side of his mouth, he's, you know, saying this is, this is not, you know, that shouldn't be the right thing. But also on the other side is thinking, gosh, well, you know, look at what what has happened since since I've been able to to reset, get my my mind right, compose myself. What's well, also happened to coincide my return with the best stretch of basketball that we've played as a team. So it's just it's like it's one of the reasons why I think people love Draymond Green here in the Bay Area. Why people also dislike him um, outside of the Bay Area, but also within the the Warriors fandom. Why we just go back and forth on this guy? Like I remember after he. Had his oh gosh uh, spinning back fist against the the Suns and, and Nurkic the first time. I mean, I, I sat up here on Warriors wrap up and I and I ripped him. I mean, I, I I just straight up ripped him because I thought what he did was detrimental to not just himself, but it was selfish and it was something that hurt the team and it ended up hurting them for I think close to twenty games that he was suspended for, or a little bit less. Uh, but the 20 games that he's missed throughout this season because of either getting ejected or not being available or others, it's hurt the team. So when he's been back, it's been all good. But the question is always, can you keep this thing right? And will you ever learn? I don't know if we've learned that yet, if Draymond Green has learned his lesson. I think that's something that is going to take time, and we're not going to know that until a long time from now. But the quote about how, honestly, getting suspended help, I think he's also... In his weird way, he's trying to, he doesn't know how to do it. Like, the quote is all about Draymond, but I think in his mind, the quote is about the others, right? Like, his uh, absence has allowed for Jonathan Kaminga to step into the limelight. I don't know if Steve Kerr would let Jonathan Kaminga be in the position that he is now if Draymond Green was still starting at the four and they were trying to figure out who could play the five, whether it's Looney, whether it's Sharich, how are they going to fit Kaminga in? I don't know if that would have happened. And I don't know then if he had come back in the nick of time right before the deadline, if he would be able to glue the Wiggins-Kaminga combination, which had looked largely unsuccessful and had not been trustworthy prior to. Clay Thompson, um, you know, might, might kind of figure out the, a, a way to, to work himself 
you know, I think, well, not, not necessarily Clay. I think the biggest part of the offense when Dre came back was him connecting with Steph. I also don't think it's a coincidence that when Draymond was out of the lineup, Steph went through his own kind of shooting slump, at least for his standards, in the month of December. He's sure he had some big games, but overall, you go look at his numbers compared to what they've been since the start of the new year, since Draymond Green especially has come back, and it's been night and day. So Draymond's been, of course, been able to lock down this defense and help it um, by helping the rest of his teammates. And I think their defensive rating has been top five in the league since he returned. But also his absence has allowed for other players to work on the individual skill sets that now when his return happens, they can blend that together. And sure, the head coach, Steve Kerr, has quote-unquote never lost faith in this group, but I bet there was times in which he went to sleep at night wondering where this season was going to go and how it was going to work out. And if Draymond Green came back, would he be the same player as before? Would he be better? Would he be composed? Would he be agitated? Would he he'd, you know, be working with his antics? How would he be? So the quote to me, as much as it is always about Draymond Green, um, and if you feel like he'll never learn, i don't have evidence to, you know, to combat that. If you feel like he's a changed man, I would tell you, let's wait on for a couple more weeks, or at least until the end of the season, and see if the behavior that has been in a pattern now for quite some time tends to change. Uh, but so far, it's been so good with Draymond Green, and he has helped the Golden State Warriors, and I feel like this is kind of where we are as a as a group, as a collective, as people that watch and cover the Golden State Warriors a team that right now appears to be budding, appears to be dangerous, and appears to be heading into the All-Star break if they can defeat the Clippers, um, a team that is absolutely going to be putting people on notice as a group that you do not want to face, not only down the rest of the season, but potentially into the playoffs. I know they're a game above 500, and that hasn't happened since, I think, December 13th, but this is a Warriors team that's beginning to gain traction, and it's all coincided with, yes, Draymond coming back, the new starting lineup changes, um, an emergence of the young players playing with pace, playing with ferocity. You know, it, like the combination of Pajemski, um, Kaminga's obviously there, but he's a little bit older, but Pajemski, uh, TJD when he gets an opportunity, but even Quinones, uh, Santos, you know, looking at the box score here tonight against against the Jazz, Gary Payton II is not a young player, but those type of energizer bunnies that they can bring, whether it's in the starting lineup of pods that has to slot in or if they're off the bench, that to me is something we simply did not see or the Warriors maybe didn't even know they had at the beginning of this year when they were playing good basketball. They were playing a little bit slower. They weren't playing the type of defense they are now, but they were playing with efficiency. And so I'm glad to see, at least for right now, it appears that they have held serve through the highs and especially through the lows and it appears now the lessons that they learned about how this team needs to be successful, playing with pace, playing, you know, getting hands in passing lanes. The amount of tip passes we've seen over the last eight games, I think, has been ridiculous. The amount of times we've seen players get down on the deck, such as Gary Payton II when he came back, but also Pajemski, um, Santos, Quinones. Those type of guys are, in like, that energy to me has looked infectious. And it's one of the reasons why the Warriors have been able to beat three of their last four opponents by 20 points, not always getting a 40 or 50 point performance from Steph Curry. At the beginning of this year, and really about midway through what has now been 51 games, you would look at each and every box score and say, well, if Steph Curry's not shooting the hell out of the basketball, the Warriors might not just not win this game, but they also might not be in the game at all. 
I, I still think it's it's very ironic the fact that over this now 11-game stretch in which they have won eight of them, they've lost two games by one point, one in, in double overtime against the Lakers. The one game that has been you know kind of the largest scoring differential in, in the loss category was the one game where Steph Curry scored 60 points, was the one game where Steph was absolutely torching the Atlanta Hawks, and he got no help because he had to do it all by himself. This is a Warriors team that, to me, is showing us and themselves, they don't have to rely on just one person, nor is it necessarily fair to rely on as good as Steph Curry is, and KD just called him the greatest point guard of all time and a top five player on Saturday, as great as he is, you cannot rely on him to carry you each and every night. There has to be a contribution if this team is going to play above 500 basketball and play ideally more a better, kind of close to, I would say, 600, maybe even 650 winning basketball the rest of the way. That's the kind of basketball that they have to play, mathematically speaking, over the last 31 games if they do not want to be a play-in team. And even if they want to be a higher-end play-in team, 7 of 8 seed, it's a team that still needs to stack Ws, that has to beat teams like Utah tonight that are under 500, and that has to be at least stabilized against the plus 500 teams like they got on Wednesday against the Los Angeles Clippers. So I, I think it's a very exciting time for the Golden State Warriors, and I I, I think the quote from Draymond Green is is funny because it's classic, it's classic Dre. Um, it's also very indicative of, of, I think, the individual that he is, um, the kind of person he tries to be. And the teammate, at least right now that he is, because as much as I don't think he's been a great teammate throughout the majority of this season, at least for half of it, uh, when he was out by his own actions, you talk to any one of that organization right now, and as frustrated as they were with him, he has done the work to try and earn that trust back. I'm not going to say that he's earned his voice back yet, like he tried to tell us or purport that he did last year around this time, I think, um at the midway point or a little beyond the midway point of last season. I'm not sure about that yet, but he certainly has earned back the respect that he might have lost from a lot of guys. And it's apparent in their play. It's apparent when Draymond Green is hitting a half-court buzzer beater and is flying back into the arms of his teammates, and then Curry's jumping into him, Clay's dapping him up, GP2, Pajemski's running to him, talking about the OG is doing his thing. And, and, and I know that last year has left a lot of um, you know sour mouths just because of what Draymond did. I would be one of them. But I also understand that this guy is critical to the Warriors' success, and I think he's proven that throughout the last 11 games since he's returned, and he's going to continue to prove that heading into the All-Star break and beyond. So, 888-957-9570. I'm going to try and sneak in one more call before we wrap this thing up here on Warriors Wrap-Up. And again, I appreciate every single person that chimes into this show, that I converse with, that listens, whether it's on the Odyssey app, whether it's on YouTube from uh, First NorCal Credit Union, on the Comcast Business Text Line, texting in. I see your uh, see your text messages here. Um, what was one here I thought was kind of funny? Uh, from the 480, Dubs have put the West in the league on notice. They're still back as a contender. 510 is on the other side of the Draymond fence. Draymond will never learn. He still thinks the Warriors screwed him up and suspended him for one game over the Durant tussle. He never um, he never thinks he does anything wrong. That, that could be the case. Uh, let's go to Omar in Oakland. Omar, my man, uh, wrap us up here on Warriors Wrap-Up. How are you? I'm doing good, brother. Um I'm not a Warrior fan, but I keep up with them. I watch them from the outside. And, you know, they're always dangerous. But I just wanted to make a point that you didn't comment on is that, okay, they're playing real good right now. But when they get Chris Ball back and they have a full, you know, 
14, 15 guys, it's going to be, I feel like they're going to go back to being unhappy with the Kamingas and the Moody's and, uh, and, uh, the, the, the rookie kid, Pododeski, uh, uh, minutes yeah. because you're not going to be able to play Chris Paul 10, 15 minutes. I mean, he's a veteran. You got to play him at least 25. So Clay and all that. So I feel like I want to get your perspective on that. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How do you think that's going to balance out? Because that's a big problem to have. It's a good problem to have, but at the same time, Kaminga wants to play, and I don't know if Chris, uh, if Steve Kerr was going to roll with the rookies and second-year players over, you know, Chris Paul and and guys like Clay who've been there, done it. That's what I wanted to hear your perspective on. Thank you. I got you. Appreciate that, Omar. No, I think that's that's a really good question, and it's something that's going to be looming over a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I think Chris Paul fits into this in an interesting manner. Number one, I do think that it's important that someone like Clay Thompson has been public about his willingness to take a step back. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's cool with going to the bench, but not closing games is something that had never been broached before this season by Clay or by Steve Kerr. I also think earlier this year, someone like Andrew Wiggins not closing particular games shows that Kerr is not afraid to even. The veterans, even championship players that have rings, which Chris Paul, uh, to be fair, does not, he's okay with not using those guys as they're accustomed to be using. I also think this about Chris Paul, and this is maybe the the broader point that I want to hammer home before I get out of here, is Chris Paul wants to win. He's made that abundantly clear from the moment that he was traded to the Golden State Warriors. Now, I know everyone's going to remember you coaching. You know, uh, you coaching. I mean, that's the sound bite that was coming out of the summer. But I didn't see a player at the beginning of this year that wasn't okay with coming off the bench. I didn't see a player that was fussy with the media when he wasn't shooting well from three-point range and people were asking him about it. I saw a player that when the Warriors were winning, Chris Paul was okay doing whatever it took because he understands he's on borrowed time. He might not be here next year. In fact, he's probably most likely not going to be here next year. He understood what it was. Chris Paul's a professional. I mean, this is a guy that I think respects the Warriors for how they've treated him and how they plan to treat him. So whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's 25 minutes, I think you're right. There is a level of respect that you have to pay to a former or a, a future first round hall of, or first ballot Hall of Famer. But I don't think that Chris Paul is going to be as dodgy and as um, combative as a lot of people think that he is. I also think that, again, Klay Thompson setting the tone with his actions is important to that. I think that Chris Paul looks at someone like Pajemski, and he doesn't look at him as needing to take his minutes. He looks at Pods as a player that he can help and that can help the Warriors win. You know, if anything, we're probably just not going to see any more of Lester Quinones. Um, We might not see as many minutes from, from Pods. I don't know. We might not see as many minutes from Steph Curry. I think that's also part of this, too. Like, I think that Chris Paul, a big reason that they brought him in here was to alleviate some of the minutes that a 35-going-on, 36-year-old future Hall of Famer himself is going to have to play for this team. Now, obviously, if if Curry's got it going, he's going to be playing 35 minutes, but Chris Paul can be a guy that, on a game like tonight, for example, if Steph is not necessary and the Warriors are rolling, Steph doesn't have to play 30 minutes. He doesn't have to play in the fourth quarter. And if that can be the case, and the Warriors can still be winning games with consistency, well, then maybe that's Chris Paul's role. You know, and we'll talk about what the playoff rotation is and how they figure out how to get 12 guys into nine spots and all the rest. But I don't think that Chris Paul is going to be a problem child when he comes back. I'm curious to see how Steve Kerr uses him 
But I also think that Steve Kerr is is smart enough and and understands just how this team has been playing and why they've been rolling and can figure out a way to get Chris Paul into that without sacrificing everything else. I don't think he's going to be a priority in the way that a lot of people are expecting just because of where he was when this team uh, where where they were at before he got hurt. So um, that's my comment on that. But we do have to get out of here as we head towards the, the top of the hour uh, beyond 10 o'clock. I appreciate, again, everyone, I love doing these these pregame shows, these postgame shows, Warriors Live, Warriors Rap. It's, it's, it's a team, to, a chance to talk about a team that uh, I've loved for a very long time, that I love covering now as a member of the media here with 95.7 The Game. Uh, and I love all the different interactions that we get, whether we agree, whether we disagree, people who chime in on the, on the YouTube chat, people that call in each and every show. I really appreciate you spending your time, number one, to listen, number two, to contribute, and number three, just for your investment in this team. So, I mean, I, I like I, I think the Warriors are in a really good spot right now, and I'm very excited to see what they do on Wednesday, and I plan on being in the building at Chase Center because I want to see how they match up with Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, Paul George, and all the rest. I want to see that matchup. I'm looking forward to watching the Warriors each and every night because they appear to be a very interesting team that's now looking to turn the corner. And that's what we've been asking for for now 50 games, and we're finally getting it, and that's why I'm locked in on a team that appears to be locked in. So, thanks for tuning Tuning in, a big thank you to our network coordinator, Sterling Bennett, uh, our man Chris O'Connell right behind the glass, always cutting up our favorite highlights. Got that Draymond Green cut for you that I thought was brilliant and interesting. Um, And thank you to all those of you listening out there in your cars, FM dials, Odyssey app, YouTube, Twitch. However, uh, we appreciate you tuning into this edition of Warriors Wrap-Up. Warriors will be back on Wednesday again to take on the Los Angeles Clippers. That is going to be a 7 o'clock tip. Warriors live right here at 6 o'clock on 95.7 The Game. As for tomorrow, we're going to have plenty of coverage. We're going to get into the Warriors, more of the Niners, unfortunately, and and what happened in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Uh, But the Warriors are trending up as opposed to to the Niners whose season is over. So tune in at 6 a.m. Hit my guy Joe Spadoni at 5 a.m. for the pregame show. Morning Rose, 6 a.m. Steining Guru, 10 a.m. Warren Dibs, 2 p.m. All right here on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. My name is Evan Giddings saying so long after the Warriors one last time defeat the Utah Jazz, 129-107. to We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.